the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Rachel, you know, last like last night you had a lot of fun. And so I just want to ask you, God, do you feel like a woman? Um, all I gotta say, Mike, is this. Let's go, girls. There, there it is. There but it is. I'm usually wearing something that I'm not wearing right now. What? So I don't have glasses right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I was like, like <laughs> underwear? Like, what are you, like, what, what are we doing hey, here? It's not, it's not that kind of party. I was going to say, I was it's like, oh, kind of whoa. Um, yeah, Rachel, what, what happened? You little four so, eyes nerd. Um, yeah, I am wearing underwear. Let's just like get that yeah, out of I the didn't. way. <laughs> like, um, what are you alluding to? Yeah. Wow. We're off the rails and it is less it's than a minute like in. like three seconds in. It's hilarious. Sick. Anyway, continue. Okay. Um, so my mom is a queen and was like, you know what? I think we're going to get floor seats. And I was like, all right. To who? To Shania Twain. Yeah. Can I just say, Twain. by the way, Shania Twain, she's still got it, man. Is a queen, man. I oh. Or like smash. I love that woman so much. Yeah, I love that woman. And also in incredible shape. Like Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like she still got it. Funny part, somebody mistook my mom for being Shania Twain. And I thought that was so funny because less than 10 minutes after that happened, Shania Twain came out in the crowd about four feet from us. And so when everything when all of that happened within like 10 minutes, I was just like dying laughing for no good reason. But anyways, she comes out does her thing. Then she leaves and she hasn't sung that don't impress me much. And man, I feel like a woman, which obviously she's not going to not sing that. So she comes out and does her encore. The girl beside me gets so fired up when she comes back out that she kind of like punches the air, but Mm. instead of punching upwards, she punched sideways and smashed my glasses into the side of my head. And it like bent the frame so badly that I had to hold my glasses on my head. And so then I went to the eye doctor because I was like, um, I need to be able to see. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we're going to send them out um, because, I mean, Mike knows how much I've paid for these glasses. Like, I'm not buying new glasses. I love them. Um, he's like, we're going to send them out. We have to replace the lenses because the top is like partially cracked and um, they're going to have to like heat the frame and replace the screw and everything. He's like, but we should be able to fix it. And I was like, Okay. So I don't have my glasses until the end of like next week. So like after the draft, um, but they gave me contacts. So like, that's all fine and dandy, but I was actually so upset about my glasses. Cause I thought I was going to have to buy new ones and you know, my attachment to my glasses. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, was, they're your thing. Like I, I, it, it's weird to see you without them. Isn't it? Like, I almost want to put my sunglasses on because it's like, uh. You're mm. like Kyle Dubas. Like, I, like anytime he addresses <laughs> us, he addressed us without glasses, I'd be like, where are they? Although there's a great way of, there's a great way of fixing this in that, you know, simply just get better eyes. 
I would say. Listen here, uh, jerk. <laughs> I was going to call you something else, but we're not allowed to like actually swear on this podcast um, anymore. Um, yeah, I would like better eyes. Actually, my eyes aren't that bad. I don't even need glasses for driving. I just get really bad migraines. So I don't really want that because you know what happens when I get migraines. I become a complete lunatic. <laughs> you know what's the difference between you and I with this is you like your glasses got broken and you were like immediately like within hours basically were at the eye doctor getting this figured out. Within 12 hours. Yeah. I would have ignored this problem and just lived a harder life like for the next like couple months. Like I would have been like, oh man, my glasses are broke. Like I, I, I should be wearing glasses. But like, I don't even know where they are right now. They're in, they're in a drawer somewhere. I gotta find them. But like, the deposit I had to put down for them to fix my glasses and get contacts was six hundred (laughs) dollars. No, that stresses me out. That stresses me out so much. Yeah. So how happy do you think I am right now with Uh, that? No, that's that sounds like a that sounds like a Hall of Fame problem, Rachel. A Hall of Fame problem. Yeah. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, see how that those segues are just you seamless. nailed that seamless. I didn't even go to broadcast school. It's crazy. Um, yeah, Mike has a political science degree, which I'm sure if you ask him about politics, he'll probably just want to stab you. Yeah, I'm, I, <laughs> I, I I did enough of it. It's crazy. Also, shout out to Jay Fresh. Apparently, we were in the same political theory classes together, and we had no idea. Anyway, um, I think he's my age. If not. He was either cool, held back or shunted forward. Either one. Anyway, um, the Hall of Fame class was announced. It was obviously Henrik Lundqvist, um, who is the king, as we talked about. Uh, but it is also uh, uh, Mike Vernon and uh, Tom Barrasso. And then we had Pierre Turgeon, Carolyn Oulet, and then or Oulet, sorry. Yep. And then um, uh, and then we had uh, sorry. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Ken Hitchcock and Pierre Lacroix. And, and I think, honestly, that is – look, there's there's a big omission that we're going to talk about. Um, but I think, but I think yeah. honestly, uh, just from, like, a normal – I think context all of, of situations, I think they're are all deserving great. Hall of Famers. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think, you know what, like, Turgeon, Turgeon yeah. is, like, maybe on – see, here's the thing. Goalies are so difficult because – they are so based on like it is you you really have to judge by era. Right, um, because I grant Fuhrer's save percentage isn't gonna be the same as King Henrik's because the equipment yeah. was different, the game was different. You have to judge era adjusted, especially for goaltenders. Totally agree with you. And the thing is though, is that like Barrasso and it depends on how on what your bar is for the Hall of Fame. And Barrasso and Vernon both had both finished their careers with sub 900 save percentages um and this was at a time when like if like, you had a 900 you were like oh my you're God. very good <laughs> but then you put it in perspective that like dominic hasick had like had like a 926 and like that and and wild. you know like there were guys who were finishing with like 915s 914 stuff like that i think th- i think they are i think barrasso and i think vernon are right on like the cusp of like they are they are the buoy where like you go past it i'm just like no you're not if you're past this buoy you're not eligible for the hall of fame like they are well i mean and and for the player category it's dino cicerelli 
because yeah, uh, yeah we're not going to get into that. Um, Trujillo had a lot of points, over 500 goals, well over 100 points, like 800 assists. 30, yeah. You know, he played 1,200 games. Is totally fine with me. He was great. He, but he is. I think he's in Cicerelli territory. Like he's getting yeah. there, but he's not. Like I'm not going to fight hard for it. But it is. I think the biggest, the biggest issue with this, with this class <laughs> is the omission, the omissions. So let's talk will. about like, first of all, long live the king. Yeah. Um, I so, so, if you don't know and you're new here, um, I like Henrik Lundqvist a lot. Wow, you you and no one else. <laughs> When we were at the cup final, I was walking around the concourse to grab content. Oh, yeah, he was and there. I saw him. He is like, I don't really get starstruck in hockey because LOL, why would I? Um, I saw him and it stopped me dead in my tracks. Mm-hmm. Dead in my tracks. Because one, first of all, th- like this is a Hall of Famer. Two, have you looked at him? Like, holy moly. This He's, guy yeah. is. Ugh. Yeah. Oh my God. He's just so hot. Like, can we just and say it? Like, he's so just so freaking hot. Oh my God. Europeans dress like the Swedes, the Finns, the Germans. Like, did you see the Finnish guys that were at the cup final, how well they were dressed? We're yeah. wearing like, well, I was wearing suit, but like people are wearing like ripped jeans. And Auntie Mackinnon's got like a full blown, basically tuxedo with a bow tie. Like making us look bad though. The, the, the Europeans dress properly, and Henrik Lundqvist. When I saw him, I was like, "Cool, let me go pass out over there." Like, yeah, he is. Oh, like, I, I saw him in person, like at the Cup final, and he is like, he's like one of those people. Like, he, he watching him in person is like what people describe like being in a room with like Leonardo DiCaprio is like. Where uh, he's hotter than Leo. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I mean, yeah. like magnetism wise. Like oh, yeah. he's got those eyes that like when you're in the room and if he makes eye contact with you, you're like the only person in the, in the world, you know, he's yeah. It's like that line. It's like that line in, in super bad where it's like, you ever looked into his eyes? It's like the first time I heard the Beatles, <laughs> but he's a, so I think Johnny Lazarus who um, works for the hockey news with us pointed out in game seven, Henrik Lundqvist is arguably the best game seven goaltender of all time. Yeah, he's incredible. It's like a 1.11 goals against average. If Basically, if you score a goal, you're probably going to win, which is insane to think about. And I think I saw something else. He has more shutouts or something in game seven than games with three goals given up, which is ridiculous considering the era that he played in. Um, and so, yeah, he didn't win a cup, but at the end of the day – I don't know how you argue. Like, there's a reason he's called the king of two or less. It's, yeah. Yeah. And he's also really good looking and donates to charity. He's just a king and he plays guitar. Yeah. He's a king. Yeah. He's a king. He's, <laughs> and, and he is un, undoubtedly like, like Hall of Fame worthy. It's not his fault that the team couldn't get it together for him to, to not to win a cup. He's one of the rare hockey players that's Hall of Fame actually player, Hall of Fame good looking as well. Yeah, but he, and he's also like first ballot, like he Hall got of Fame in. person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and like and clearly actual Hall of Fame too. Like he got in first ballot as he should. And uh, I think like it's tough. Like certain models are really difficult for for goalies. Like I saw, you know, like someone's uh, goal saved above average model that said like Frederick Anderson was like the third best goalie of his era. And I'm like, any model that says no. that is not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna put on the record just due to longevity. 
as well? Because some people could say, oh, maybe Carey Price's peak was was higher. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Lundqvist did it for basically 15 straight years and stayed healthy the whole time, like he is, I think, the best goalie of our generation. And I mean, like our generation is like you and I. Yeah. See, like I would have it at the, the top two are Hank and Fleury. I think Hank is, is above Fleury. Okay, like I think, but those are the the top two. I think Price mm. is beneath them. Yeah, and you also have to put Pekarina in there. Like yeah. his numbers think, were incredible too. Right. Like I mean, but I think Hank we all is know Carey Price and Flurry, and they're all going in the Hall of Fame. I think like, yeah, but I think I but I think Lundqvist is above those names. That I you, would like, agree. Like if anything, I would say he's honestly in the tier alone, and then. You have Flurry and Rene and Price kind of in that like one B tier. Like I like he is yeah. he defined goaltending for well, he changed it too. Exactly. Like he was he was the first one to really like play deep in his net and kind of use like the mobility blocking style um and be really successful with it. Um should we talk about the omission? Yeah. So it's obviously Alexander McGillney. This is and ridiculous. Like, this is here's the thing. So Alexander McGillney, you know, uh, we, we've all heard the whole, like, you know, it's basically a Russian thing. Like, the, right, which, believe, you know what? Like, I understand from a political standpoint, but that's not an excuse for all of the years before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like, the war only started to, like, a year and a half or two years ago. What, what about, like, the 10 years before that? Was it a year and a half ago? Yeah. Jeez. It was March of last year. It's Louise, man. But if you think about that, like, so somebody was arguing with me on Twitter. They're like, oh, like, McGilney's like not as good. And I literally just screenshotted the list from hockey reference. And McGilney is the only non hall of famer. And every other guy on that list didn't get chased by the KGB and have to defect from their country. Now, Alexander McGilney, the last couple of years has appeared at some Putin sponsored events, which is interesting, but I would also like to put the caveat on that, that he's one of the greatest Russian players ever. And probably was under threat, if I'm making an educated guess. Listen, I it is it is very very difficult, but I really don't. I don't hold that against that me, against right Russian players. Like, well, Ovechkin is different. Yeah. But, <laughs> okay, you're right. Ovechkin is same. different. But I mean, like, we're looking. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't hold it against him either. Like, I, I saw people talking about it, and I'm like, okay, that – like, Alex Ovechkin, even though he's in bed with Putin, is going in the Hall of Fame. This is stupid. Same with Pavel Datsuk next year. Alexander McGillney paved the way so that Alex Ovechkin could play in the NHL. Yeah. So he- like, If anything, the Russians in the National Hockey League, Ovechkin, Kucherov, Kuznetsov, Vasilevsky – should be publicly saying that McGillney belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, here's the thing, though. Yeah, I, I don't hold – I can't – like, we don't know enough, and I can't hold right. that against a player just because, look, Matt, like, the draft is coming up. Matt Faye Mitchkov's dad was found, like – Dead. Dead in a lake. Yeah. Out of, and we have no – you know, stuff yeah. like that. Like, I like, – You just don't know because we're not really there. don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now here's the thing about about Alexander McGillney, is you want to give it a, like call it a Russian thing that's fine. You want to, but you cannot denigrate his his. Uh, um, he has better stats than Turgeon and a cup. Exactly, and 
you cannot denigrate the story that he had of getting here. And my favorite thing ever is, so I believe it was an athletic article uh, before, but um, this is when Mike Keenan was the coach of the Vancouver Canucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> when Alex, Alexander McGillney was on the Vancouver Canucks as well. Yeah. Um, Mike Keenan obviously is one of the legendary like hotheads. Like he will, you know, tear a strip off the wall. He's crazy. You know, that kind of thing. However, yeah. This is it. So the story is one time we're in the locker room and Mike Keenan is all over him, him being Alexander McGillney. We were like, holy poop. Bleep. Norm- normally he's not on McGillney like that. Then McGillney looks up and he just goes, Mike, have you ever heard of how I defected? How they effing threatened my family? How they wanted to kill everybody? You think you're effing scaring me? <laughs> I love this. I'm actually, I had an Alexander McGillney leaf jersey. And now that I know this story, I'm like, yeah, I'm really happy I have that. Like you, That's like so Mike Keenan's trying is doing this whole blustery hockey man thing, and McGillney's like, "Hey man, the KGB tried to kill my family. You, you don't scare me. You are nothing. You are nothing to me." And I think that's, I think that's just pretty darn neat. I think that's, that's a cool. Hall of Fame story, like exactly. But I think the fact that this guy, literally, like in the cover of the night, like fled, like had in to, a mall. Like, you know, just. Like had to had to had to flee so like like communism, um, like in in like the the Soviet Union to get to 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 get to North America to then pave the way for players like Alexander Ovechkin, Pavel Datsuk, you know uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, uh, uh, Alex Kovalev, all those guys. It's it's remarkable, and I think it should be rewarded. It should have been rewarded a that long time ago. It should, should be, be rewarded. rewarded. Pardon? On that alone. Yeah. He deserves to go in the Hall of Fame. It should have been rewarded a very long time ago. Uh, yeah. Alexander McGillney played for the Leafs when Mike and I were six. Like, yeah. This I, is be- I do remember it, but very. Remember the Sundin McGillney Roberts line? Oh, that was great. Yeah. It was. Yeah. They should have won. Is insane. All right. Um, is there any other, like, before we move on real quick, off the top of your head, are there any mm-hmm. other players you think should be in the Hall that haven't been yet? Yes. They're eligible. Who? Rod Brindamore. Yeah, that's what Keith I was going Okay. Ah, look at the goals, right? Um, and then I had a really interesting conversation about the women. Um, and I've obviously yeah. I've talked to Cami Granado about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not going to say who made the good point, but it's it's somebody who has a lot of re- of like respect in women's hockey. So it, it it is coming. It's not like some old white dude. Um, they pointed out, they said, listen, I agree. Julie Chu, Jennifer Botterill should go in. But you elect Carolyn Willette this year. Let's say you elect Julie Chu as well. And then next year you elect Jennifer Botterill. Okay, well, the year after that, what if not enough women were t- – like what if they're just simply not enough women? And so then you get to a situation where you've done two for a bunch of years and now you have none and then you have like a bunch of like angry mob – weirdos yelling at you but the reality of the situation is right now because of like the way women's hockey has been until pretty recently there's just not enough women to have two every year and so with that perspective I was kind of like okay like I see what you're saying Chu Mm -hmm. and Botterill are going in the hall of fame like that's that's not up for discussion I think Florence Schelling should be in too Nora Ratu will get in when she's like Shannon Zabados, all of that. But I just, I think 
it's being made a bigger, like, I think it's an issue, but I think it's being made a bigger issue than it needs to be. Yeah. And here's the thing about that is that I am a dude. Uh, <laughs> so I don't really have a say on this. Um, I am not a dude. So Rachel, you're not a dude. Well, con- um, the, the man on TikTok said I was. <laughs> well, I have to believe him. Yeah. Uh, I was like, no. wait, what? <laughs> but you are, uh, yeah, you are a, a woman. So you have an opinion on this. Uh, and I am not. So want, I am not going Kat to says? assert myself. What? No uterus, no opinion. <laughs> Boom. Love it. I was like, oh, my God. Love it. You actual lunatic. I do. Uh, I do believe that is correct. All right. Um, moving on to nobody everyone... wants to play in Canada anymore. No, it's not that. It's that no one wants to play in the middle of the country or the west of the country. Just put it that way. Um, so it really. And it's funny because it was. It was. It was mainly just Frank Saravalli today. So it was almost like he was on a rampage against the Calgary Flames. But he reported that basically every prominent Calgary Flame does not want to re-sign with the team. Yeah, so, Michael Backlund, Elias Lindholm, and Tyler Toffoli, and, and Noah, Noah Hannon. So, so that's four, like, top Everybody six not named Nazem Kadri. Or Jonathan Huberto. <laughs> or, yeah. So that's not ideal. So everyone wants to leave the Flames. Um, then obviously, you know, there there is, like, Shifley's on his way out. Dubois, uh, for, for the, the Jets, uh, Dubois is going to be traded likely to the... the uh, the Habs in the next little bit. And then, uh, and then it was reported by Steve Dangle. Like Steve, like, like when did Steve. Spider-Man. Exactly. He he, he reported that Blake Wheeler will likely get bought out. So I I also heard that. Uh, So I I heard it too from Steve Dangle. Um, Uh, Yeah. He's Steve's just like out of nowhere getting, getting scoops. It's very funny. Sometimes you get scoops, right? Sometimes. Yeah. Like I think, well, I mean, Let's cover Calgary. What the heck is in the water in Winnipeg? And we've talked about that ad nauseum. So, like, that can just... It's because they don't have an airport. (laughs) They don't have an airport. But Calgary is different, right? I mean, I could see... uh, Craig Conroy is a pretty... Like, he's a pretty smart, sharp dude. He brought a Ginla back into the the fold. I think it's maybe they don't want to play in Alberta, which is interesting because if you're going to play in Canada, that's the place with the least taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason that people call it Texberta and it's for more reasons than one. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting. I think Tyler Toffoli will get traded. I think Noah Hannafin will get traded. Um, I don't, I think at least one of Lindholm or Backlund resigns because I think they could go to Backlund and say, we'll give you the C. And that would be, I don't know. Like, I think that he, like he was drafted by them. He's attached there. I think that could be something. And I think that that's something that's been reported on too. So I think they keep at least one of them, but man, like those are four really good players. And if they're truly not going to resign, you have to move them. You cannot let that expire. It's a great way to kick off a rebuild. Think about how many assets you can get for those four players. So is, they don't have a captain captain right now, do they? No, they haven't since Mark Giordano left. Yeah, okay. Wow, that's a long – that's like two years without a captain. Yeah. Interesting. Um, no, like here's, – here's what what I think about this. Um, I do think obviously that like just, you know, some some player – like 
I, I do think that with some players, it's just like it's really cold in Calgary and this, that, the other, whatever. And it's Canada, and some of them are American, so you gotta take that into account, or American or slash Swedish, and it's just different, whatever. But I okay, think but Sweden is like like if you're yeah, Scandin- it's not Scandinavian. Scandinavian. It's funny. Finnish, I remember Swedish. Canada is closer to Scandinavia than the U.S. is. Like they do things, and like I have like friends who live in sweden and finland and they're like i have no concept of like how things in the united states work because it's like it's crazy to me it's so like, it's, it's crazy to them that they don't have socialized healthcare. it's really funny because i remember leo komarov who grew up in finland um yeah. what like he was someone asked him like you know if you could play in any like place where would you want to play and he'd be like winnipeg because it reminds me of home because uh, of the weather doesn't... Freaking cold. Yeah. No, but okay. But here's here's what like I was, friends, like. I'll come to Finland. I'm like not in the winter time. No, no chance. But here's 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 my thinking in that, like, they got rid of Daryl Sutter. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's a big thing. But last season, I think we underestimated. Even though we did estimate it a lot, I think we underestimated how toxic last season was to a lot of players. I think we underestimated. First of all, one of those players could be the player that Daryl Sutter got in the physical altercation with that they had to investigate. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but but as well, I think that last year was so toxic that you could have gotten rid of Sutter. You could have gotten rid of anybody, and they did. They got rid of pretty much everybody. They got rid of the coach and the GM. But I think it was so toxic for some of these players that they just want they just salted the earth when it came to them staying yeah, they just said we want out they just said fine. like, like you i think one thing that really bothers me in professional sports um with the exception of kyrie irving and his nonsense yeah. is i don't like when players are made out to be villains for saying i don't want to play here anymore because that's the same as you or me being like i don't want to work at this company anymore i have the freedom to just like leave i can hand in my resignation your two weeks notice and you're good to well, go no, man. in the nhl like my I had to, it was like six months I had to give, but like, I'm, I'm okay to do that. And no one's going to like show up and like boo my family at a restaurant or whatever. I don't think players should be villainized for saying, I don't want to be here. Um, Obviously Irving is a bit of a different situation because nonsense follows him everywhere. So Mm -hmm. I just think he's the problem, but like, I don't blame Evander Kane for saying like, I don't want to play in Winnipeg. He went to Edmonton. I haven't heard a freaking peep about anything. He's been really good for them. So I don't know whether like he matured this Taylor Hall left Edmonton, went to New Jersey, was a completely different player. Like, I don't think players should be villainized for saying, I don't want to play here anymore. I do think though, that I a hundred percent agree. I do think that when it becomes a trend, then we have to go like, okay, well, there's a lot of money involved here. Yeah. And you know, like I, I think it can't just be carte blanche. A player goes, for a team it goes to a team like it can't be like exactly applied to the workplace where a player no. goes you know like it, it's different we're not getting paid my point is you shouldn't be harassing a guy at yeah. a restaurant over this however like, rip. yes however i yeah i don't but i do think that like for example like pierre-luc dubois i'm not a huge fan of what he's doing i, I he's allowed yeah. to whatever but, but like, I, I think what Matthew Kachuk did was pretty honorable. He said, mm-hmm. hey, I don't intend to resign here. So Trade get me what you can for me. Get what you can. I, I don't think he should be booting Calgary at all. 
No, he gave them, he gave them like the, you know, most of his formative years, you know, so that's fine. Same that's with Johnny like, It really bothered me when Leafs fans booed Sundin when he came with Vancouver. Like they gave him that amazing standing ovation at that commercial break. And that was super touching, but then you boo him. And I'm just like, you're no, you are not allowed to do that. That's not a thing. And I think it's become this, this almost rite of passage. And I think it's really stupid Right, I liked how the Pats fans reacted when Brady came back with the Bucks. Nobody booed him because, like, people would throw you out of the stadium. Right, yeah. so I just think, yeah, you know what? Players are entitled to say, "I don't want to play here." It's about how you go about it. If you're about it the way Pierre Luc Dubois is, then yeah, you know what? You deserve to be booed. It's fine. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, if you know who else in, deserves to be booed, I was gonna say if anyone boos any of these Calgary players when they come back, they should not be booing these Calgary players. They should be booing Daryl Sutter. He's the reason why this is happening. Like, like I, I think you, yeah. you have any other coach and I really don't think that, that like you, you substitute Sutter with Mitch love or you do it. Like, I really don't think it's, it's as serious as this. Um, yeah. But anyway, who else needs to be booed is the NHL just straight up. We're Gary okay. Bettman. And, and, and the board of governors. So the owners and the cowards. I mean, yeah. Oh, this is the cowards podcast. The joke like you, you let <laughs> no this is okay. the we call out cowards podcast oh okay okay the nhl allowed like 12 dudes to dictate a league of 700 players to the point where now we don't get warm-up jerseys to auction off for things like hockey fights cancer and the military and Pride and Indigenous, like the Vancouver Canucks do Lunar New Year, Indigenous. They, they do, do great stuff in that regard. Like, obviously, nobody on this podcast has any love loss for that organization. But when they do good things, I have no problem saying that this is great. And the way that they handle social causes is really well done. And the fact that 12 people didn't want to wear a jersey with a freaking rainbow on it now we don't get any of this and all those charities lose out on that warm-up jersey auction money. Seriously, like, go f*** yourself. Yeah, it's... Uh... I'm not asking, I'm not saying, like, you, you have to have those beliefs. I absolutely am saying you should believe in human rights. I, I, I think those two are different. Like, uh, I, I, I think yeah, it's different. It's, it's, it's unbelievable that we're here. Like I, I and here's the point I want to make because and like completely predictable. It's completely predictable, and here's the point I want to make because everyone knows that this is insane, that this is wrong, that you know, like it also applies to like you said, it's not just pride stuff because this is what this is. Pride is what prompted this, um, and also it is Pride Month, so great time to announce this. Yeah, well um, done, guys. You couldn't have just waited until September, like. Yeah. Um, no, we had to get it now. Um, like literally smack dab right in the middle of Pride Month, but whatever. Um, but I never want to hear, like never, I never want to hear, because I see it all the time. I never want to hear anyone say the hockey players are the toughest athletes in the world. Never want to hear yeah. it ever again. They're cowards. This is the most cowardly, like, like little scaredy cat baby type behavior I have ever seen because – it, it, everything is bred in cowardice. 
you can you can play with a, a broken sternum. Well, Matthew Kachuk wore the bride jersey, so it's not like yeah. But, but you, you can, can do whatever play, you want. You can play with like a fractured rib, and you can't put on a jersey for fifteen minutes. Like, would you please get a hold of yourself? Yeah. Like, so we're not saying you're promoting it. We're saying, hey, these people are marginalized, and you should accept them. Could you imagine the uproar from a certain facet of people if somebody was like, I don't want to wear the military jersey? Yeah. It'd be Holy. Bad. Here's my here's my my point here though is that um, all of this is bred in cowardice. So, like like you know Ivan Provorov does what he want does what he does. He refuses to wear the jersey. If John Tortorella wasn't a coward, yep, and called him out on it and disciplined him for not taking part in a team sanctioned activity by just not letting him play, so everyone can see, oh, there are consequences to this. Yeah. Um, then this doesn't happen. Um, so. I had this Hold conversation. On. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. And then, and then on top of this, all of these players, and that that is the thing that is the like the uh, you know like the the initial domino that starts this whole effect of players go re- seeing that and realizing, oh, I can just boycott a pride jersey, yeah. and there will nothing will happen to me. And like, yeah, like San Jose didn't have James Reimer playing in one game. But that's see, and that's that's a great point because nobody's saying you can't have those beliefs. You can, but we're also saying there are consequences for that. I am free to say I'm gonna do XYZ. I am free to go and drink and drive. That doesn't mean there aren't consequences for drinking and driving. Right? You are free to buy a gun in the United States of America. But if you go and shoot a bunch of people you will go to jail. Yeah. Look, like, Rachel, the best there's here's, consequences. Here's the best example <laughs> of it. I'm free to slide into your sister's DMS. Okay. Yep. But if she says no, that's a consequence. And I can't be like, Oh, what's this? I thought it was a free country. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought this was America. I thought this was a free country. No. Yeah. Like, like you, you just you can, you can, you can go out in the middle of the, of, uh, of the street and say, you know, like, I hate this guy right here, you know, like, and point to a random guy in the street. And if that guy walks up to you and punches you in the face, yeah. you can't be like, whoa, what is going like, on here? Like the guy that was pissing off Mike Tyson on the airplane. You can't piss off Mike Tyson for 10 consecutive minutes and then be surprised when he turns around and punches you in the head. Like, if you want to have those beliefs, you are entitled to have those beliefs. I also think it's nonsense because the Pope who is the highest authority in the Christian faith said that these people are welcome in his church. So I don't know when these people decided they were a higher moral religious authority than the Pope, because that's definitely an interesting take. Um, But at the end of the day, the thing that really upsets me is a lot of charities are going to lose out on a lot of money and they're doing a lot of great work because 12 guys we're cowards and Gary Bettman and the owners are enabling it while leagues like the NFL, the NBA, the MLS are all moving forward. And yeah, constantly, this is why the NHL is last. And if you don't think the MLS is going to pass the NHL, I have news for you. They just got Lionel Messi. If they don't pass the NHL next year, it will be within five years. Mm-hmm, 100%. It will. Um, and so that's, yeah. It just brings me back to the 1994 Sports Illustrated cover that says why the NHL is hot and the NBA is not. 
Then Gary Bettman took over. And both leagues have gone in the in opposite directions. That is Gary Bettman's legacy. He can sit. I literally was in a room with him two weeks ago. Look, and he's looking us dead in the eyes saying the NHL is better than it's ever been on and off the ice. And then proceeded to field questions about, I counted them, six different scandals. Yep. So just absolutely insane. Um, well, Rachel. I got to go. Preach the end of the podcast. <laughs> so you got to go. I got to go. I have, I have a sauce of a tomato sauce on the, on the stove right now. I got to take a look at it was making some interesting noises. When we were when we were recording, so I hope that uh, it is not, you know, exploded or anything yet. Although my apartment is only one room, so I probably could have figured it out. Anyway, we gotta go. Um, yeah, check us out. Check us out in every podcatcher imaginable. Rachel, before you head out, anything to, to leave the listeners with? Don't be a coward. <laughs>